this isn't the kind of Pentecost celebration we anticipated some months ago when we first started thinking about Pentecost. You remember that we sealed prayers under the altar on Ash Wednesday. We have those prayers with us, but we expected only to be outside for the last part of the service, not for all of the service. We couldn't have imagined back in February what these times would be like. But we are grateful that we have lived each moment of these days in the presence and company of the Holy Spirit. He has been with us according to his promise. You know, it occurs to me that we Christians believe some crazy things. And when I say crazy, I mean things that other people don't believe. I mean, we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life. And that his continuing life means that we have hope of eternal life. To some folks, that seems crazy. That's not crazy to us. That's everyday bread and butter. We believe that. We believe that every time we recite the creed, we affirm that. That to be Christian means we believe that Jesus died, rose again, promised to be with us to the end of the age, and has been keeping that promise ever since. Unfortunately, for some of us, when we get to some of the claims of Christianity, maybe some that we find hard to believe, we actually stop believing, or, or we just sort of pretend to believe. When we are in a state of pretending to believe, we are no longer acting on our beliefs, just giving lip service to what we believe. And I'm afraid that many of us kind of look funny at the celebration of Pentecost, because maybe we've stopped believing that it's really all that important. I mean, do we really believe everything we say about Pentecost and its implications for Christians everywhere? If you're not sure, here is what we believe, and here is what the scripture has to say. We started in Joel 2 this morning. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, God said. And in the New Testament, John 14, 26, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own. Acts 2, 38. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 5.32, and we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Romans 5.5, 5, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Romans 14.17, for the kingdom of God is not a food or drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? Ephesians 1.13, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in him, 
were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with the seal for the day of redemption. 2 Timothy 1.14. Guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. Walking in step with the Holy Spirit is the primary way Christianity is expressed. When we talk like that, we're talking in pictures and images. We don't know exactly what it looks like to walk in step with the Holy Spirit because we can't see the Holy Spirit and it doesn't seem like he's speaking to us continually. But what we're meaning is something like this. The Holy Spirit is speaking and the things he is saying to us are things we should always be agreeing with and doing. And if it is our job to listen for and hear what the Holy Spirit is saying so that we can follow the instructions the Holy Spirit is giving, then learning to listen to his voice and practicing listening to his voice are the most important things we can do as Christians. You may have thought that believing in Jesus was most important. Belief is only the most important thing at the beginning of the Christian journey. It is then that you start believing. The evidence that you continue to believe is listening. Listening is believing. Listening is demonstrating that you understand the implications of believing. Without listening, without working to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, you cannot practice Christianity. Did you hear that? Without working to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, without listening, you cannot practice Christianity. Maybe the best example I can give you of this is from my days back in music school. Back in those days, everyone who was studying in music had to take this one beast of a course called music history. Music history. The professor points out things, tells you about compositions, and then you listen, and you listen. You listen till you think your ears are going to fall off of your head. You listen and you listen some more. 10, 15, 20 hours of listening to classical music, a, home, a homework, every single week at least. And it's a year-long course, so it's not like one semester and you're done. It is hundreds and hundreds of hours of listening. And while you're listening, the notes that the professor gave you say things like, why did the composer make that choice? And why did he use the instruments in this way? And why did she increase the volume here or, or lower it there? Why did Bach lay those two melodies against each other? Why did Mozart invert that melody and place it in a different key? Why did Beethoven repeat those notes? Why did Brahms combine that rich sequence of chords in this place? Why did the composer use cellos first, then violas, then violins, then French horns? And you listen, and then you start to hear, and then you start to understand. And then you start to love what you're hearing. And it all begins to make sense. The beauty, the richness, the artistry. And the best thing of all is, for the rest of your life, 
You can never unhear those things again. Once your mind is tuned by the repetition of listening, once, once your ear has been tuned to hear, you always hear. Sure, there's always more to learn, but once you start hearing, once you have invested the work to listen and to understand and to hear, musically, your life is never the same. The primary task of the Christian is to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. That means learning to do this is fundamental, and that the skill most needed is the skill of listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Listening long enough so that you actually hear what the Spirit is saying, so that in hearing, you can obey and your life can be enriched. Well, how do you do this, Pastor Dan? Well, you listen to the Scripture and the impulses that come when you read it again and again and again. You listen to what you hear when you are singing worship songs and spiritual songs. What are you hearing along with the lyrics? What impulses are coming to you? What are you hearing as you stroll through creation? What is God whispering? What are you hearing from the Spirit in the faces of your brothers and sisters that surround you every day? You know, there is a voice in each of us a conscience that's always telling us to do the right thing. Everybody has a conscience. We either tune ourselves to hear the voice of our conscience by listening to it, or we slowly over time dull its voice by ignoring it. We can create calluses on our mental eardrums by refusing to listen to the voice of our conscience. But our consciences are simply they're just a reflection of what society says is right and wrong. In the Christian, we believe that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our minds and informs our consciences so that the voice we're now hearing is infused with the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit informs our conscience and tells us how to behave, what choices to make, what actions to pursue, how to do good, how to resist temptation. This is what we have always needed. Not just a law so that we can know right from wrong, but a voice right inside our head, which helps us to understand and encourages us moment by moment to do what is right, to do what is best, to do what will glorify God. And we, by practice and work and repetition, must learn to listen for that voice so that we can hear that voice so we can respond to that voice and today we celebrate that god the holy spirit is exactly that and he has been given to us poured out on us if you will so that we can be victorious in our christian walk and that we can glorify god and reflect the image of christ to everyone who's around that is truly celebration worthy. Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. Come in your strength. 
while Gary gets the prayers ready to burn. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, we pray. Come in your strength and your power. At the end of our Pentecost service, we take the altar prayers out from under the altar. We march out here and we sing together and we celebrate the way God has answered our prayers from the time of Ash Wednesday to Pentecost. Now, have you had any prayers answered in that period of time? If so, let me hear it once on your horn. That's exactly what I thought I would hear. God has been faithful to us. And so today, again, we offer these prayers to God, sanctifying them in his presence and asking him to continue to do his work in our hearts. As the smoke rises to the throne of God, I would just remind you of some things from our history. I've been praying in recent days that God would change the narrative of this viral pandemic. I've been praying that we would give up this language of getting back to normal and take up a new story, a story of finding out what it is that God wants to lead us into. I'm praying that a new feeling of goodwill and partnership would spring up in our community. And together we would have new opportunities to see God's kingdom transform lives. We Nazarenes have seen things like this before. In the winter of 1896, Thomas Wilson and Robert Bula arranged to hold a series of meetings in homes and public places in and around Manchester for the promotion of scriptural holiness. This wasn't Wilson's first attempt. He had been filled by the Holy Spirit at Douglas Camp near Uxbridge, Mass. in 1894 and had been praying for a spirit-filled church in this area. About the same time, a revival broke, up and broke out in the Methodist Church and 160 people were saved. One of those joined with Wilson in this pursuit. And when, in the spring of 1897, Arthur Mercer moved his family from Brooklyn, New York, to Manchester, together they began to hold holiness meetings and Bible studies in their home on Sunday afternoons. Together, these families invited William Howard Hoople to hold a series of meetings here in Manchester. And before he left town, he organized the group into the John Wesley Pentecostal Church. Everything we see here is the result of a few men and women passionately seeking after God, studying his word together week by week, underwriting the cost of special speakers, striving to bring to life something new in Manchester. It takes people committed to doing whatever they can to learn to walk in step with the Holy Spirit to see new things spring to life. Together, let us pray for a new outpouring of the Spirit of God in our day. Holy Spirit, come and ignite us with your fire. 
Give us your passion for the lost. Blow through our lives, stripping out the foolish, the purposeless, the meaningless, and help us to give our attention to those things that have eternal significance. Come, blow through our lives, Holy Spirit. Speak so that we might hear. Enable us to do all that you call us to. For we pray this in the strong and sustaining name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And now, may the God of all creation bless you and keep you. May the peace of Christ guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. And may the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit blow through your lives that we may day by day glorify God to his glory. Amen.